Ion 2020 episode 193. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Welcome to another week in the presidential election cycle. We are uh, heading towards 2020. This is Ion 2020, your source for that news and related events that are going on in the 2020 election. Make sure that you are up to date, up to speed, and uh, ready to talk to your friends and family about anything that's going on in the 2020 election. This is becoming a debacle everything that's going on out there right now and it's interesting to watch uh i don't know about you guys but i'm about sick of it i'm about sick of hearing all the all the impeachment stuff and that's all we're going to be hearing for the next uh next 18 months pretty or 17 months or so until trump's out of office or until i mean if even after he wins if he does win uh even after he wins they'll still be talking about this thing and trying to impeach trump so i'm about I mean, they've been talking about it since he got in there in the first place, you know, with this whole Russian investigation and stuff. Um, this whole, you know, the things that were going on, the Russian investigation, the Mueller report and everything else, uh, they were trying to figure out ways to impeach him then, and now they're still trying to figure out ways to impeach him. And to me, I I mean, it, it gets old after a while. I mean, it, you get worn out on the whole political thing, man. You really do. And that's how I feel sometimes when I pay attention to this stuff. I don't know how a lot of these podcasters in some way or even like the rush limbaugh's the wrong like how does a rush limbaugh stay focused in on this stuff for so long without just getting completely burnt out i mean the dude is paid millions of dollars a year so it does behoove him to be completely and utterly up and involved in this stuff and opinionated about everything but to me when i see all the stuff that goes on in politics i mean i watch the sunday shows the sunday news shows pretty much uh, I, I pay attention to those every week just to make sure that I see kind of what's going on in the news and stuff. And then I do the rest of the week. I pretty much read. I don't watch Fox News. And I don't watch CNN. I don't watch a lot of MSNBC. Sometimes I'll flip through TV and I'll just stand on for about two or three minutes on one channel and then two or three minutes on another channel just to kind of get the perspective on what they're saying or to kind of hear what's going on in the news with these people. But and I just want to get their take very quickly, very brief, just to get a pulse on how they're how they're talking about Trump or how they're talking about a certain situation. Sometimes I'll look at the news and do that. But the rest of the week, I pretty much read the news, and I'm trying to find information specifically targeted towards the 2020 election with the candidates and their policies and stuff. So, Because uh, that's what I kind of focus on with this show. Uh, you guys know this. I take a libertarian take on the 2020 election. And if you keep on coming back every day and listening, hopefully you'll have really good information about what's going on with the 2020 elections, okay? Uh, that's kind of my goal is to let you guys be the most aware of what's going on of all your friends and family members so that uh, my goal is to help you to see things from a more libertarian light, but also so that you can get out there with your friends and uh, help them to see things from a more libertarian light because the more liberty we have, the more we depend upon ourselves rather than government for things, the more we look at things through like the libertarian uh, libertarian's eyes, the more we'll question 
our involvement in government, the least, or and then the least, or the less will depend upon our government for solutions to problems. And you know, you know this without a doubt, guys. Politicians will always say that they have the solution to problems. They will. They will always say that they're working in your best interest. They will always act like they are charitable people who are looking out for the poor and the sick and the hungry and those that are, you know, paying too much for medicine and those that are in debt up to their ears. Like every politician is going to act like they care so much about those people. They're going to try to lead you into thinking that they are the person that's going to work for the little guy. That's what politicians do. That's how, that's how they stay elected, is they convince people that their agenda is not their own agenda, but their agenda is looking out for everybody else. But that is not true. They are flawed, just like anybody else is flawed. They haven't figured out the, the secret to life. You know what they figured out? The secret get, to getting elected. You know the secret to getting elected is? You guys, think about it. Think about the secret to getting reelected. Think about when you were in 8th grade and you had a kid running for student council president, right? What did they say they were going to do? They're running for student council president. And what does it say on their like on their campaign posters? I'm going to get better pizza in school in the school cafeteria. We're going to get it so you can have pizza every day as an option. We're going to get it so that we have a um I remember one was like they were going to get it so that there was going to be a school store with like pencils and notepads and stuff that you can go there and go shopping and buy it. Uh, one of them was going to, you know, they're running on the idea of having longer or a break after lunch or something, you know? Like, that's what they're promising the kids in order to get them to vote for them. And all politicians have done is up that game just a little bit more. That's all they've done. They've upped that game a little bit more. That kid that's running for student council president. You know why they ran for student council president? It wasn't so that they can have better, you know, so they could have like a, like a, you know, m- improve the school. It wasn't for that. It's not so that they can make sure that they're looking out for the students' best interests. It's because they're the most popular kid in school and they wanted to prove that they're the most popular kid in school. It was a selfish motive when you're running for student council president. You're looking because you want to be the most popular kid in school and you just want to prove it. And all your friends are like, yeah, you should run. You should run because you're so popular. You're so cool. And you'll get it. It's a popularity contest, guys. That's what student council president is. So that's why they're running. I mean, that's the same thing that they're doing at the higher level, though. These candidates, they run for your city council. And they yeah, they probably have some ideas that they want to get it get through they probably saw some problems within government and they might be looking to fix them or have some solutions to those problems right they might it's possible it's possible but most likely they're running in at least the second sometimes they are running because they're completely you know see the system and it's broken down they want to fix it but by the second time they're running for something like that, especially like Congress, they've gotten entrenched into Washington by that point. They want to stay there. They'll do anything to stay there. 
in some of these people's minds, like they're making 250 grand or 180 grand a year. Like that is the most that they're ever going to make in their life, no matter what. And they have a pension. And if they just stay there for a couple of years and then they get happen to get out, they're going to have a million dollar contract with XYZ lobby in order to lobby the people that they were just working with. That's why they're there. They want to stay in power. They want to stay elected. They'll do anything they can. They'll promise more pizza to the student body. They'll promise more pencils to the kids, a better student a school store, a longer recess. Whatever it takes, they'll promise it to get it. You can see that with the presidential election today as well. You really can. Bernie Sanders con- continues to one-up everybody. He just comes up with a new idea, free housing for everybody, or housing as a right. All this stuff, right? And uh, they all just trying to one up the bill. So that's what politicians are. They're just trying. They're they are not there to serve the public interest. That's what they all say. I'm here because I just want to serve my country. I just want to serve my country. I love my country. And I just want to serve my country. No, you're there for self interested reasons. You're a flawed person. You're easily bought. You're easily be easy. It's easy to. Buy and pay for a congressperson or somebody in your state senate or whatever. And you just want to be reelected. And you'll do what it takes to get reelected. And you get a taste. A taste of that power. And you want to keep it, guys. That's how these people are. I am convinced of that. So I watch this stuff and it's just... I just don't know how somebody like a Rush Limbaugh or, you know, these these political pundits on MSNBC and on CNN and on Fox News. How do they stay involved in it all day, every day? I've been doing this since January. And some, I mean, I enjoy it. I do. I enjoy doing the podcast. I enjoy doing what I've been doing, you know, Monday through Friday since January. I enjoy the creativity of putting together a podcast. That's the thing that I most enjoy. I was telling my wife, it just gives me an outlet to do something because I'm always trying to come up with some something. Like I'm always trying to come up with creative things to do. And, you know, uh, I always have other stuff besides my job that, that are going on when I'm like, I'll work my, I'll work my job and I enjoy what I do during the day. My normal Monday through Friday gig. I really enjoy that, but I also have to have other outlets as well. So that's why I decided to start doing the podcast. So I can start having other outlets as well. That's why I started I and the empire.com. So I can have other outlets as well. Just get my mind out there on things to maybe make a difference in helping the libertarian movement. I don't, sometimes I feel like that's not being done. Sometimes I feel like, uh, you know, maybe the, maybe the podcast is just, you know, I do too many Monday through Friday or whatever, but my goal, I just want to, you know, help you guys see clearly these candidates and their policies and their positions. And I thought of Monday through Friday podcast. That's what my vision was a Monday through Friday podcast every day so you could see what's going on with the election. I didn't predict that. Um, I'd just be focused on Democrats every single day. That kind of kills me too. That really does kill me. But uh, that's what I'm doing, you know. But if I could bring you a libertarian perspective on these people so that when you're talking to your friends about Elizabeth Warren and they're like, oh yeah, she's a great candidate, you'll have some a good point of view on why 
it is that she might not be the best candidate, the strongest candidate, uh, the one that's going to bring more freedom to the masses, the one that's going to, I mean, she thinks that she has these great populist views, that she's going to help out the poor and the downtrodden and the middle class, she's going to help rise those people up. But when she talks about her policies, she's talking about class warfare at that point a lot of times. And you guys can bring those things up. Like if she's talking about free health care for all or Medicare for all, you can talk about it and, and give some libertarian views on those things. And that's my goal. That's my goal every day. So um, you can check out those shows on the different policies and stuff. You, uh, you know, I have a, over 190 episodes previous to this one. Coming up on 200 episodes. That's insane. That's insane. But anyway... Um, hey, you guys, first time listening, go ahead and subscribe to the show if you like what you hear, okay? And then if you continue to listen all the time and you're like, man, that guy Ray, I really want to help him out, don't I? You, that, then, you know, you know what you can do to help me out? Five-star rating, man. Five-star rating. That's always a good way to help out your boy Ray over here, okay? Trying to get some more people listening to the show every single day. Numbers keep continuing to grow. I noticed, like, uh, multiple new people hit my numbers today and not or today over the last weekend or so i was like man the numbers never grow on the weekends but did this weekend so must have had some people more people listening as well that's great and uh keep on listening but five star ratings help other people to find the show uh reviews good reviews positive reviews those help out as well uh, and then you can share the show with your friends that's always helpful share the website i am the empire with your friends as well it's i am the empire.com you can email me right at iontheempire.com. You can check that out as well. So um, anyway, all this stuff that's going on, man. Uh, impeachment. Whew. Impeaching Donald Trump. That's all I. That's all you hear for the last week or so, right? Is how the Democrats are going to impeach Donald Trump. Um, they're focused in on it now. They've opened up the inquiry and all that. A lot of people are saying, like I, I heard Lindsey Graham say it. He's like, you can't give somebody a speeding ticket or a parking ticket based upon hearsay and all this is hearsay. There's a little more to it than just hearsay, I think. Um, so, like, there's stuff that happened before Donald Trump has this conversation with the Ukrainian president. There's stuff that happens before it. There's stuff that happens after it. Rudy Giuliani is kind of in the midst of it. Donald Trump specifically says, I want you to, ask, I want you to do me a favor not specifically saying he's going to hold anything over his head, but he said, I want you to do me a favor. And then he also said, basically, I'm sending Rudy Giuliani over, and I want you to war give him a warm welcome and listen to him. He's a good guy and all that. Um, I mean, what did Rudy Giuliani say? I'd love to see the transcripts of what they talked about. Maybe they're out there. Maybe they're not. Who knows? Probably top secret, especially talking between two people within a foreign, you know, foreign government and all that. But I'd love to see what Giuliani said. That'll probably never come out. And if it does, that'll be really interesting. But um, he was clearly a messenger of some sort for something that some agenda that Trump had. So we'll see. I mean, it, it's interesting to watch. But um, here's how the numbers are, though, okay? 42% of people say that Donald Trump should be impeached. That's probably the 42% of people that are, like, Democrat-leaning that hate Donald Trump. And I don't know if that, obviously they didn't do a poll of every single American out there. I don't know what the um, what the accuracy of the poll is or anything like that. But in one of the polls that they mentioned, um, one, of the, one of the news shows, 
on Sunday. They said 42% of people say that he should be impeached. 36% say that he shouldn't be impeached. That's probably the 36% of people that are like diehard Trump supporters. And then there's 22% or everyone in the middle says that it's too soon or don't know, right? But you have a pretty substantial number of people that say that he should be impeached. Not that they are looking at the facts of the matter. I don't even know if it's legal to impeach Donald Trump at this point. Um, do they have the right evidence on him to impeach him? Is a whistleblower, like they're saying that a whistleblower is not somebody that like heard a rumor, but it has to be somebody that uh, actually saw what happened or something, but maybe they changed the laws recently to make it so that it could be someone that just heard about something that happened. Um, but they're not sure who the whistleblower is. Donald Trump said something like, you know, this person should be punished because they're a traitor to the nation. Anyone that's a traitor to Donald Trump or does something against Donald Trump, he calls a traitor to the nation, even like the news media and stuff like that. So I don't take too much stock in what he says about that stuff. Um, but I just want to see the legal side of it and see where, I mean, the Republicans say that they don't have a leg to stand on and that you can't impeach somebody over hearsay. And then the Democrats say that we should be looking into it and they're open up this proceedings. You know what? In my opinion... They should open it up and look into it. I mean, if somebody did something wrong, we want to have a check on the power. Now, the, the problem with the Democrats doing a check on this power is this. Everyone already thinks that the Democrats are on a witch hunt against Donald Trump, especially Republicans and especially the people that are supporters of Donald Trump. They already think there's a witch hunt going on against Donald Trump. So with the Democrats going after him like this, I mean, the the Republicans and the people that are Republican-leaning, and especially the people that like Donald Trump, and even a lot of independents, they might look at it and say, man, these people are just never let up, man. They just can't stand the guy that much, and, you know, we're going to overlook what Donald Trump did, or maybe they're just trying to boost up these these uh, these stories, and it's it's not as bad as it sounds, but it might cause people to check out and not even pay attention to it. And then the other people that will pay attention to it that are going to defend Donald Trump, they're going to be watching Fox News anyway, so they're not going to listen to a, uh, a, um, an alternative view on this stuff. And they already think that, that CNN and MSNBC are just out to get Trump anyway, so they're not going to believe anything they hear on MSNBC or CNN or in the you know New York Times or whatever. So it's really, we're in such a divisive country right now, and the way that Trump and the Democrats and the Republicans have figured out how to keep the country divided and the population's opinions divided so well that it doesn't matter if he's innocent or guilty. Everyone's going to protect their guy. Everyone's going to circle the wagons around their guy. That's just what they're going to do. And so it doesn't really matter. I mean, if he's innocent or guilty, that, in my opinion, matters absolutely nothing whatsoever in the world anyway. And, um... Yours and yours doesn't either, and everyone's just going to circle the wagons around their guy and defend him, or their Democrats are going to, you know, go after him. I mean, that's just the way it is. So, and then the Republicans are going to say, "Oh, they're just going after him as a witch hunt," and because that's just the way that the country is now. I don't, and it it could be a good thing, it could be a bad thing. I don't know. I'm kind of split on that because you do want divided government in some ways, but. Nobody, I mean, I don't know. It, it, if you if you care about the, the nation as a whole or whatever, 
I mean, libertarians, we tend to lean to the idea of getting rid of, you know, more of the federal government than most people would. A lot of libertarians say that we should get rid of it completely. Um, but it just makes a complete mockery and a joke out of the federal government in the first place, the way that these people act. Um, it really makes me think to myself, wouldn't it be great if you could just have a serious libertarian candidate run that can get some of the vote and the people would just be pissed off at the two-party system? But the thing is, is all that division gets people entrenched within their parties even more. So, and then the people that are not into politics, they just kind of check out anyway. So, um, but that's, I mean, that's what I was thinking about this entire inquiry, man. This whole thing is like, if the Democrats do it, and somebody had actually, actually posted on Facebook the other day, and they kind of mentioned that, you know, somebody like an independent uh, should do the inquiry, some, like an independent group or independent members of Congress or whatever, um, which there aren't really any. There's, there's, uh, there's one or two and they should do the inquiry, but most of those people have some kind of bias anyway towards or against Donald, for or against Donald Trump already as it is. So it's, it's almost impossible to do an, an unbiased inquiry in the first place. So it's just interesting, but it, it causes ever it causes me in my mind to just hate politics in general. I'm sure a lot of you guys feel the same way. Also, uh, it makes you just hate even paying attention to it. And that's how I feel about that. Um, but I'll get off that subject. I talked about that the last couple of days of the week, last week anyway. So I don't want to beat a dead horse much more than that. Um, I just want to kind of give you guys the highlights of some of the things that I saw over the weekend with how this thing, how this uh, impeachment inquiry is starting to come together. Okay. The thing that I wanted to talk about briefly, and it really kind of, I don't know if it scared me by any means, but I was reading an article and it referred, it was talking about how Donald Trump was chastising the United Nations because of some wording within a declaration that they put together that was in favor of abortion. And I clicked on the link to this particular document that the UN had uh, the, I guess the United Nations General Assembly had passed a resolution or a political declaration is what it is. And it's about health care. And it's, uh, this is what the title of it is. Political Declaration of the High-Level Meeting on Universal Health Coverage. Universal Health Coverage Moving Together to Build a Healthier World. Now this is a UN declaration, political declaration, that they're going to try to hold their members responsible towards moving towards universal health care in all of the all of their countries and worldwide right and these are not binding by any means on any of the nations now the nations that are getting money from the united nations in order to push these services through like let's say you're a third world country and you want to get you want to apply for some of this money to help to create universal health care, then you're going to be bound to this thing, right? And then the United Nations will have the power over your country to tell you what to do. I don't know when on earth the United Nations got involved in trying to dictate the health care of America or the health care of other countries in the world. I thought it was designed to, I mean, obviously we don't, I'm not naive to think this, but I thought it was designed 
to be kind of like a place where we kind of where nations can go and hash out their differences so they don't go to war but obviously that might have been in the beginning how things are but you and i both know governments are designed to get bigger and bigger and bigger over time the federal government did back in the you know 1780s when the constitution was ratified the federal government was so small I mean, it was almost it was it was so small at that point and it's just continued to grow and grow and grow over time every single war it took a little bit more power and ultimately now we have the police state that we live in today right we have the military industrial complex that we live under today we have the regime that we live under today in some ways um that has its hands in every single aspect of our lives so i'm not naive to think that the that the united nations is not going to go outside of its bounds its original intent or it's not going to continue to try to grow and take over more and more of the economy and of the decision making power that these sovereign nations have all over the world starting with the little guys starting with the smaller countries that don't have a lot of wealth starting with the poorest of them all because they're the ones that are most in dire needs of the assistance and then moving on to try to dictate its terms to the more wealthy countries and the western countries and the china's and the russia's and the united states and the brazil's like those countries they'll continue to try to push their agendas and they do they put these political declarations out there that they're going to hold these member states accountable to. Obviously, the United Nation, United States doesn't go along with a lot of these things. Obviously, China doesn't as well. But what about Uganda? What about Belize? What about these countries like that that don't have much of a choice, right? That are already in poverty, that they're dependent upon a lot of this money. It's kind of like what the federal government does with road subsidies. Yeah, we'll give you the money for the highways because we taxed you on it. But you better do what we say or else we're going to withhold those funds. Yeah, we'll give you money for schools, but you better teach how we tell you to or else we're going to withhold these funds. The United Nations. Yeah, we'll give you this money for universal health care for all your citizens. So you can start trying to make that happen. But first, you got to do this, this, and this. Like, it's that's where the money is where the power is at who holds the purse holds the power so the the united united nations puts together this declaration this is the first part of the declaration ready it says we heads of state and government rep and representatives of states and governments assemble at the united nations on the 23rd of september 2019 with a dedicated focus for the first time on universal health coverage reaffirm that health care or that health is a precondition for and an outcome and indicator of all three dimensions of sustainable development and the implementation of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development, and strongly recommit to achieve universal health coverage by 2030, with a view to scaling up the global effort to build a healthier world for all. That's what they're saying. So there's already a 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development and I guess I'd have to look that up and figure out what this 2030 agenda for state sustainable development is. But they think that universal health care coverage is one of the pillars to make that happen. So that they there's like a list of 15 or 20 things or so that they want to 
implement, right? But the very first one is kind of interesting to read. It says, reaffirm the right of every human being to the enjoyment of the highest attainable standard of physical and mental health without distinction of any kind. What is the universe, or what is the United Nations having? What what is their purpose of doing this? Like that, it's just a bunch of do-gooders all over the world that come together now, and they're going to start trying to put together these policies and these proposals and stuff and these declarations, and then expect everyone else to follow those things. And then obviously, the way that they're going to get their power is through the purse. That is it. That is it. And that scares me. That does, because we as libertarians know that a top-down approach, we don't need what Tom Woods calls as the man with the bullhorn dictating everything and telling everybody where to go and what to do. We don't. The world can, the world and the markets and the things that happen in this world can run without the man with the bullhorn saying what to do. And all the United Nations is, is a world dictator in some way of with that man with the bullhorn and that's what they're doing here that kind of scares me that kind of scares me because it's going to continue to grow and get larger and ultimately it's going to take more and more power away and more sovereignty away from all the nations that participate in it and every nation participates in it every single nation does i'm almost certain about that so we'll see where this goes but um the, the agenda across the world is universal health care by 2030. And it's just interesting that they are the ones that are pushing this entire agenda. And I wonder how much of that agenda is coming down from, uh, from somewhere on high. Like the agenda that you hear Democrats talking about and others talk about. I wonder how much of that is coming from the dictates of people within the United Nations in some way. I don't know. I don't know. I'm probably not the person that is an expert in foreign policy by any means to know that stuff, but what is the power that they have? And it's over, it's the purse. In United States, man, we are the ones that contribute a lot of the money to that to the United Nations. And uh I just think it's I mean it's a world government and it's a world government that's continuing to grow. In a hundred years it'll be much larger than it is today. It'll have much larger a budget than it does today. You'll have more do-gooders and more bureaucracy within that do-good organization with people trying to figure out good things to do or what they perceive to be good things to do when universal health coverage, yeah, when it's a government proposing this stuff, you're going to get one-size-fits-all plans that don't work across the board. That don't work for every single country. You're going to get one-size-fits-all plans that are just terrible for innovation and development. That's what we're going to lose. We're going to lose innovation and development when the government is in charge of this stuff. In charge as a single payer or as a universal coverer or as whatever. I mean, enslaving the doctors in some way. Yeah, but we'll still pay them. Yeah, but still... They're forced to do it as you say to do it, you know? There's no freedom involved in that. Uh, but anyway, I don't want to go on too much longer. I just want to let you guys know about that. You guys should actually really check this thing out. It really shows the power that United Nations has, okay? It's on UN.org. And you just, I, I guess if you type in 
political declaration of the high-level meeting on universal health coverage, United Nations, you'll probably find it. And you know what? I'll just I'm going to go ahead and save it right now, the link to it, and uh, post it in the show notes page as well. Okay, so you guys can know about where it's at as well if you want to take a look. Because I just am really, uh, you know what? And I'll also um, upload it onto IonTheEmpire.com as well for you. It's just a scary thing to look at, man. It really is to see the power that these people have. And when you really read it, you think to yourself, I didn't know the United Nations can do that. But it's not surprising that they are. It really is not. So, um, But hey, guys, I appreciate you really listen, that you listen every single day, Monday through Friday to this show. Um, keep on coming back every day, subscribing to the show, share it with your friends and all. And then if you want to, you can go ahead and support the show as well. Uh, help me to make this uh, show uh, I'm obviously it's not, not going to be profitable by any means, but um, help me to offset some of the costs that I incur. And you can do that by supporting the show at anchor.fm backslash ion2020. All right. And uh, then you can just keep on coming back every day. And what will you have? Clear vision for 2020. You guys know that. Have a good day. Okay, it's official. First Year in Sales with Ray Eaton. The website is up, firstyearinsales.com, as well as the podcast, First Year in Sales. So, if you know somebody or if you happen to be in sales, you might as well go ahead and check this thing out, right? Because it is going to help you become a better salesperson by grounding you with the habits and the skills needed to be successful in sales, especially in your first year. But even if you're not in your first year, Might as well check it out because then you'll be able to get back to the basics. And getting back to the basics is key in sales. I've always felt that way. So go ahead and check it out. First Year in Sales is ready and it's a podcast and you can do firstyearinsales.com.